Psalm 103, we read last week, Psalm 103, uh, beginning in verse 2, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Forget not all his benefits. And then David goes on and lists some of these major benefits. And he says, Who forgives all thine iniquities, who heals all thy diseases, who pardons all my guilt and heals all my suffering. One translation says he takes away all your diseases. So, so David here says that we are to not forget all his benefits. And you know, in Romans 8, verse 32, it says, Since God gave you Jesus, how shall he not also with him freely give you all things? He that spared not his own son. Did God spare Jesus in sending him to die for our sins? No, he did not. Listen, let me just tell you this right now. If God sent you Jesus, he's not going to withhold your light bill money. I mean, let's just get that straight. Like, quit worrying about your temporal everyday needs and whether or not they're going to be supplied. God sent you his only begotten son. Let's get past worrying and wondering about whether or not he's going to pay my light bill. Right? If I'm willing to give my best. There's nothing else I'm not willing to give with it. That's just simple, right? Now, what God did was he said, I'm going to give you my best. He didn't send no angel to come die for you. I'm not insinuating that he could have. I'm just saying that he didn't send one of them, you know, 18-eyed angels. You you ever read about those over in the book of Revelation? Aren't you glad he didn't send one of them angels down here, you know? He could have said, I love you so much. God so loved the world that he chipped up the streets of gold and sent it down here to you. <laughs> but did he say that? No, 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 no. But see, let me tell you what. When he gave you Jesus, he gave you all the gold you're ever going to need. Amen. Amen. He gave you all the, the, the needs you're ever going to have in your life. Amen. Spiritually, emotionally, financially, physically, in every area. When God gave you Jesus, he gave you everything. Isn't that what it says there? And I love the wording of the Apostle Paul because I think the Apostle Paul was kind of sarcastic in his teaching methods. Because he doesn't just straight up tell you what it is. He he says, how shall he not with him freely give you all things? In other words, (laughs) you shouldn't have to have me tell you this. Like, if God gave you Jesus, what were you thinking that he might not supply your each and every need that might ever arise. You see that? He that spared not his own son, this is the greatest scripture for for faith building right here. If God gave you Jesus, how shall he not with him also freely give you all things? Praise God. And so that's why David said in Psalm 103, bless the Lord, O my soul. Why is he talking to his soul? Because our soul, which is our emotion realm, gets down at times. And the soul's, it don't look like God's helping me today. It doesn't feel like God's for me today. Everything's going against me. I must have made God mad. My soul is depressed, you know. Well, David recognized that Feelings that come from his soulish realm were not his true feelings because he was not a soul, but that his soul was a possession of his as a spirit being. And he said, bless the Lord, 
oh my soul. In other words, all that moaning and groaning and crying, that ain't blessing God. Come on. That, that, you know, dragging your bottom lip so low you could suck a marble out of a gopher hole look. <laughs> that ain't blessing. That ain't blessing God. You say, but I'm so sad, Pastor. I mean, I, I, you know, I've had this happen. I've had that happen. Listen, I'm not telling you you can't cry. I'm just saying you can't keep on crying about it. The Bible says weeping endures for a night. Say a night. But joy comes in the morning. People say, I don't know if I'll ever be the same after they passed. I'll just, and, and eight years later, they're saying, I'll just never be the same. I'll just never be the same. Every time that date rolls around that they passed away, I'll just go into deep, dark depression. I'll just, you, know. you know, that's not the reason why they're down. The reason why they're down is they say it every stinking year. You can get back the way you were. If you get a revelation that your loved one in heaven is in a better place than they've ever been in this life on earth, it would be a nice thing for you to get happy for them. <laughs> Amen. And so I'm not saying you can't have a time of grief, but weeping endures for a night. But it's time to, it's time to get up. Amen. And this is a word for somebody because I didn't plan on saying all this. Because God is the restorer of all things. Amen. So David said in Psalm 103, bless the Lord, O my soul. You got to talk to yourself, don't you? Some people think you're crazy because you talk to yourself, but you might just go crazy if you don't. Because there's a time and a season whenever no one else is speaking sense into your life. No one else is speaking straight into your life. No one's speaking faith into your life. And you've got to talk to yourself. You've got to talk to your soul. That part of you that wants to just fall down on the floor and turn off the lights. You've got to speak to yourself and say, bless the Lord, oh my soul. And it feels like you've got 30 pound dumbbell weights on both of your arms and you just lift them and you just say, praise the Lord. And it just felt just as dead then as it did before you did it. But you are blessing the Lord, whether you feel like it or whether you don't. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Blessing the Lord. It, it makes him feel good. Didn't say it make you feel good. So don't feel like you're not blessing God until you feel good about it. Yeah. If you wait until you feel good about it to bless the Lord, it will be very rare that you ever will. Probably just in church when everybody else is. And it's all in the hype and the excitement. And then you get back in your car and you go home. Because there wasn't no faith mixed with it. You just was catching a wave off somebody else sitting next to you that day. <laughs> Amen. And so, uh, you know, a lot of times, you know, it's easy to praise God when we're in church. Yeah, yeah. Let's go to Mark eleven twenty three. I'm going to show you something there. Since we're already getting off my topic anyways, let's just get a little further off my topic. Mark eleven twenty three. Jesus said this now. Verily, I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. He will have whatsoever he saith. Pastor Mark said this verse would be working for everybody if two words were added to this. And those two words are in church. <laughs> See, if it had said, for verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith in church. 
Everybody, because everybody wants to speak the word. Everybody wants to shout. Everybody wants to rejoice. Everybody wants to thank the Lord. Where? In church. But Mark 11, 23 doesn't work for you just when you're in church. You've got to take what you're doing in church and take it out into your life. Amen. So this has got to be a, a way of life for us. Amen. So we started a series called How to Build an Ark last week. Who was here last week when I talked about how to build an ark? You say, Pastor, are you expecting a flood? Well, no, not the kind that Noah experienced, but we do in our lives experience floods, troubles, trials, right? Temptations, tests, all right? Well, wouldn't it be nice if you could have an ark built, so to speak, in your life that whenever tests and trials and troubles came your way, you could just step right on inside that ark? Amen. Amen. Praise God. Now, um, you know, you can build yourself an ark. And um, in any area of life that you need an ark built, you can have an ark. We're going to talk about four steps to receiving divine healing. And with these four steps, what we're doing is we're building that ark, okay? Now, you could, if you're needing finances, you could say four steps to build your financial ark. Four steps to build your peace ark, your joy ark, all right? And what you would need to do is get you some scriptures, and meditate and feed on those scriptures and, and confess those scriptures and thank God for them. And th- despite the, the opposition and the negative things that are surrounding you, if you'll speak God's word, you're grabbing the hammer of God's word and building your ark. I'm sure many of those days Noah was out there building on that ark. He didn't feel like doing it that day. Can you imagine the temptation? God told him there was going to be a flood 100 years before it began to sprinkle. And he tells him to, to build this enormous ark. Nothing on earth had ever been built like it. He's got to order the timber uh, uh, of gopher wood. He's got to order it like from different places and they got to float it downstream. It's a major, major project, you know. And imagine just the, the ridicule that he experienced and the humiliation and the, the mocking and the laughing at him while he's out there preaching, it's going to flood. He's like looking like a complete nutcase to everybody around him, you know. But who was the nut when then whenever the ark shut up tight, you know, and he was all like, yo, yo, you know, it's too late. <laughs> no, I doubt he had that attitude, but there might have been a tinge, but he resisted. But <laughs> here's a branch, you know, hold on to see how long you can hold on to that. But no. Um, <laughs> so uh, you, you can build an ark, whatever kind of ark you need in your life for any area of your life. All right. In Hebrews 11, verse 6, we read last week, it says, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. By faith, being warned of God of things not seen as of yet, Noah moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world. And number three, he became heir of the righteousness uh, which is by faith. So by faith, Noah built this ark. Say by faith. by faith. That means he had no outward evidence that it was going to ever flood. And at that time, not only had it never flooded the earth, it had never rained from the clouds, from the sky. The, the ground up until that point had always been watered by wells and springs. Okay, so he's talking about two ridiculous things that have never happened. He's saying the earth is going to flood, and not only that, it's going to rain from the sky. Okay, I mean, that's what he's dealing with. So you know there were days wherever he had to get up early, and he's just like, did God really tell me this? 
You know, and, and, you know, he's going through that in his mind. I mean, the temptation, right? But aren't you glad he kept building? Yeah, yeah. Amen. Did you know that there is a generation of people ahead of you that's depending on you to build your ark? Oh, that's so good. Those in your family line that aren't even born yet, that aren't even conceived yet, they're depending on you to keep building day after day, day after day. Never give up, never quit, never grow weary. But shake yourself when you start feeling faint, when you start feeling weak, and, and get out there and start hammering those nails and building that ark. Amen? Look with me now in Proverbs chapter 4. We're going to give you instructions on how to build your ark for divine healing, okay? The Lord spoke to me several years ago, and He said the people are getting real good word, but they don't have any metabolism. He said when you teach them how to sow their seed, teach them how to receive their harvest. All right, so in other words, I needed to, what God was trying to get to my attention was that I needed to focus more intently on explaining to people how, not just what he will do, you know, and kind of, uh, um, kind of giving instructions here and there, but just bringing it real simple, down to earth. This is how you do it. Because a lot of people are getting real good word, but they don't know how to apply it. And their spiritual metabolism is never kicked off. They never grow because they don't know how to apply the word that they're hearing. And so, um, you know, the Apostle Paul learned that in Corinthians. He, he, he told them, he said that they were babies in Christ and that he could only feed them with milk, that he couldn't feed them with meat because it was too strong for them, you know. But then uh, the Bible also teaches that we're to, to desire the sincere milk of God's word that we may grow thereby. If you're drinking the sincere milk of God's word and, and feeding on that, you will grow to the point where your body now requires meat. Something with substance, right? And, um, you know, Brother Hagin said a lot of, uh, one of the things he said was a lot of people, they're not even getting fed milk. He said what they're getting is Blue John, which I had to look up what Blue John was, which I guess Blue John is when you take all the cream off. So it's basically... Zero percent fat in the grocery store is Blue John. <laughs> so um, if people aren't growing, they're really not even getting what the Bible calls milk. Because if they had the sincere milk of the word of God, it would cause them to grow to the point where their body could no longer function off just more milk. You know, it would it would need meat. But it has to be broken down to where people can digest it easily, amen, and receive from it. And so, you know, that's why I wanted to do this this morning and, and uh, last week. And uh, I believe I'll be able to get through with this today. But in Proverbs 4, did you find that yet? Beginning in verse 20, and we're going to look in the King James Bible. Uh, my son, attend to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from thy eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they... They, referring to his words, they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Now, um, the Living Bible says, let them penetrate, God's words, let them penetrate deep within your heart, for they will mean real life for you and radiant health. Radiant health. God's words in your heart will produce radiant health in your body. Amen. What we're doing now, we're feeding on the word, okay? We're chewing on this. We're not just listening to this. We're chewing on this. We're meditating on it. We're like, here's how you meditate on the word. You say, that's God talking to me right there. His words are health to all my flesh. 
I receive his healing power through his word. Amen. The Living Bible says, for they will mean real life for you and radiant health. The Knox translation says, let a man master them. They will bring life and healing to his whole being. I like that. Listen, let a person master these. In other words, if it doesn't work the first time, it's probably because you just haven't learned how yet. You just got to keep on working it. Amen. Keep on practicing. You know, even doctors that you entrust your entire bodies to, they're, they're referred to as practicing physicians. You're going to let somebody practicing on you do heart surgery on you? You know, people do it all the time. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing wrong with that because they practice so much, they've gotten pretty good at helping you out, right? But as good as they become, they are still practicing physicians. But here's the thing is that's how they got good is because they practiced. But I am too also glad that we're not limited to practicing physicians, that we have a great <laughs> physician. They can do what doctors in uh, medical science cannot do, right? Yeah. But did you know he's not making you choose? Well, if you go to the doctor, just good luck. No, God, will, you can get the natural working and the supernatural working all at the same time. You don't have to lay down your faith to take medicine. Come on. You can take your medicine and say, God, I thank you for the wisdom involved in these pills I'm taking here right now. And I thank you for your word that's working in my body too, bringing radiant health to me. Amen. So don't get under condemnation like you got to choose one or the other. I mean, if it hadn't have been for doctors, a lot of Christians would have died. Don't tell me the devil's involved with saving people's lives. <laughs> Somebody brought up though about King Asa, how he died of his foot disease because he sought the doctors rather than God. Well, listen, it didn't say he died because he went to the doctor. King Asa died because he did not seek the Lord. Listen, you can pray and, and you can say, God, I ask that you lead me to the right doctor with the right caring physicians, with the right caring nurses. The Holy Spirit will lead you to the hospital and put you with the right people that's going to help you on a quick road to recovery and have his supernatural working with that natural. Amen. Praise God. Religion has stopped people up so much. If, here's, the, here's what religion does. Religion says God doesn't heal anymore. Or religion says, yes, he heals, but you can't go to the doctor and you can't take medicine. You can't. So it's like always these restricting things. Yeah. yeah, but. Religion says, yeah, but. It either says no, never, or yeah, but. That's what religion will do for you. But you know what? The Bible says that, that we're to let our yes be yes and our no be no. For anything else that comes is evil. But all the promises of God in Christ are yes and amen. So be it. Jesus is God's stamp of his divine yes on your each and every need that you would ever have, including healing. All right. So the Rotherham translation says to every part of one's flesh, God's word brings healing mm, to every part of one's flesh. Listen, a, a healing is a healing. A miracle is a miracle, whether it's big or small. If God can do a small miracle, he could do a big miracle just as easy. And really, you'll find out that big and small miracles, those definitions change as you grow in the Lord. Because what used to be a big miracle to you is now everyday occurrence. Yeah. Now, uh, I don't, in many of your Bibles, you'll probably have it in the margin of your Bible. It's in mine. But it shows that the word translated health is the same Hebrew word for medicine. 
So really what this says here according to the Hebrew is, for they, his words, are life unto those that find them and medicine. Say medicine. Medicine Medicine to all their flesh. Think of that. God's word is medicine. So you have to take medicine for it to work for you. It's not going to work for you just because it's supposed to work for you, is it? If a doctor gave you a prescription and you set it on your counter, she said, come back and see me in two weeks. You came back with a full bottle. And you're like, man, I feel worse than I ever did. He's like, well, you've got to take the medicine. Was the medicine designed to heal? Was the prescription given so that that person could be healed? But they weren't healed just because it was designed to heal. Listen, we carry this around with us everywhere we go. We got it in pocket size, boy Bibles, girl Bibles, teen Bibles, kids Bibles, pink Bibles, blue Bibles, military dad Bibles, New Testament soul winner Bible. We got a Bible so tiny you have to have a super microscope to read it. You ever seen those little tiny Bibles about that big? Oh, we're proud at how many Bibles and different variations of styles we can make of our Bibles. But if you don't ever do anything with it, it ain't ever going to help you. I mean, you know, you go into some people's houses and they got the biggest family Bible you ever did see in your whole cotton picking life. Opened up somewhere in Isaiah with a big old ribbon right on the coffee table. All dusted up, you know, and everything. <laughs> it ain't doing nothing for nobody. But the, since the Bible is, the Word of God rather is medicine, we need to take it just like we would take the prescription that a doctor would prescribe to us, right? Exactly. Like the doctor says. It's funny to me. You go to a doctor. The doctor says, come back and see me Thursday. You go back and see him Thursday. He says, come back and see me Wednesday. You go back and see him Wednesday. He says, come back and see me Friday. You go back and see him Friday. He says, come back and see me Tuesday. You go back and see him Tuesday. And you're paying every time you're going or supposed to be. You know. And he's giving you medicines. But the thing is, is we put our faith so much in things, material things, you know. But then it's like, oh, when we see things in the Word of God, oh, that couldn't be true. You know, we don't feed on the Word because we, we believe in medical science more than we do the Word of God. But if we would have as much faith in the Word of God and treating it as a divine prescription from heaven for our healing, we would be very diligent, wouldn't we? So um, I'm going to try to do less preaching and more teaching because, see, you know, I gotta get. I gotta. I gotta show you how. All right. So um, the Isaac Lesser's translation of Exodus fifteen twenty six reads, "I, the Lord, am your physician." And so, the medicine he prescribes is his word, right? And many make the mistake of substituting their belief in healing for the actual taking of God's medicine. How many here believe in divine healing? Amen. I doubt there's anybody in here that don't. All right. But don't make the mistake of substituting that belief in healing for the actual taking of God's medicine. A doctor gives me a prescription. I believe that prescription can help me. But now I got to take it. If I didn't believe it would help me, I wouldn't take it, right? You have to exercise some amount of faith in the doctor's prescription. The fact that you took it. Listen, we think that we have to feel like it to be in faith. You just take the medicine, but, um, you know, you, you, you can't just take it for a little while. You know, and sometimes we feel improvements in our body whenever we're feeding on the Word of God. After a day or two, we start feeling stronger. And, and then we think, woohoo, 
yippee-doo, I'm done, you know, I'm, but then everything will come right back on you. You got to keep taking God's word. Listen, God's word is not only um, a healing agent, it's a preventative medicine. And you could take it, I mean, daily, and you can't overdose on this. You just keep it in you. Listen, don't wait to get your healing scriptures out until you feel the flu symptoms. You need to have a daily verse or two where you're saying, thank you, Father, with the stripes of Jesus, I was healed. I received my healing from you. Your word is health and healing and medicine to all my flesh, and I receive what you've done for me on the cross and brought about my healing for me in Jesus' name. You could do that, and you feel wonderful, but what you're doing is you want to stay feeling wonderful. Amen. You don't want to get a deficiency in the word of God in any area. You know, if you went to the doctor and they do these blood labs and tests and they say, well, maybe you're, they they might say, well, you're low in vitamin D. You know, you need, so listen, you could triple your dose of vitamin C and that is not going to help you with your vitamin D deficiency. So you got to go to the word of God that applies to your situation. Right? You got to start taking vitamin D. And and here's what, what, what's interesting about Overcoming a deficiency, a vitamin deficiency, is the doctor may say, take this in double doses for the first week, right? And then after that week, you could go back to the normal dose. So they have you like double or triple up initially, right? Because they're trying to feel that, um, that deficiency. And then once the levels get back up to where they're supposed to be, then you could take just the recommended dose that's going to keep you from becoming deficient again. But what happens is, is people, you know, they get sick, so they just tank on the word. They tank up on the dosage of God's word. And, and all of a sudden, then they're, they're healed and they're strong and they're well. And then they just put that back because, well, I don't need that anymore. I'm going to get my other scriptures out over here, you know. But, it, but then all of a sudden, when the symptoms come again, when Satan attacks again, man, they get down again, and they go right back down into a depletion. And so you got to go back out, and it takes two or three days before you start getting some relief, feeding on the Word, building on the Word, you know. But listen, if you would just get your healing from the Word, and then daily meditate in that word of God, just five minutes a day, just a few, a couple minutes in the morning, a couple minutes in the afternoon, by the time you go to bed and shut your eyes, you probably spent four or five minutes just meditating on the word in that area. It doesn't take much. And then if you're led, of course, you go a little longer or whatever, but don't feel like you have to be legalistic about it and do it 30 minutes a day or whatever. But you just, as long as you're ingesting that word in you every day. How many need finances? How many need healing? How many need peace and joy? See, those are, those are areas from the Word of God where you need to find key scriptures that speak to your heart, that, that open the eyes of your heart, that make you say, Amen. And those are the verses you need to have. You need to write them down on index cards, you know. Just keep them in your pocket and go through them, you know. When you pull up to a red light, pull out them verses, man, while you're at the red light. And go over those verses. Pretty soon you'll have them memorized. You won't have to carry the cards around with you anymore. You'll just be taking your daily dosage of your medicine from God's Word. I mean, you know, people that, that have to take prescription meds, they got these little plastic things that says Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And it's a little cute little thing, you know, with the lid on it, you know, so they don't get mixed up and all that. And real particular, you know, and, and sometimes if you're taking a lot of medicine, you need to do that. But I mean, we need to get that particular with the word of God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Sometimes they need to do it so they remember that they took their medicine that day. 
That's true. If it's empty, then you know you took it. So uh, there's no question or doubt about it. Man, how particular are we when it comes to the Word of God? I mean, we ought to be at least that particular, wouldn't you think? As I said, many make the mistake of substituting their belief in healing for the actual taking of God's medicine. Um, You know, what good would it do for you to believe in food if you didn't eat it, right? You would starve to death believing in food. Okay? What good would it do for you to believe in water if you didn't actually drink any of it? You would die of thirst believing in water. So basically, you've got the formula, but you don't have the substance. Okay? And, and the way the Lord showed it to me was that the formula for water never quenched anyone's thirst, but the actual partaking of the water. You know, the formula for water is H2O, right? But H2O on the chalkboard never quenched anybody's thirst. That was just a description of water. But you got to take that water, and you don't even have to know what the element is, what the H2O, what, you don't have to know what the H2O it is at all, you know what I'm saying? You don't have to know nothing about it. You just drink that stuff and you're going to get your quenched, your thirst quenched, yeah. right? You're going to get your quenched thirst, <laughs> almost said. So are you ready? Let's go through these. There's four steps of how we actually partake of God's medicine. First, number one, God's word is a healing agent, just like natural medicine is a healing agent. So in other words, the medicine itself contains the capacity to produce healing. The medicine itself has the capacity to produce healing. And number two, medicine is no respecter of persons, just like the Word of God. It will work for anyone who takes it. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. If you take the same medicine, it's going to help the poor man just like it helps the rich man. It doesn't matter what color your skin is. If you take the same medicine, it's going to help the Asian just like it does the Hispanic and the the Caucasian just like it does the the Mexican, right? I mean, it don't matter. Medicine is no respecter of persons. It'll help whoever takes the medicine, right? So then if, if the medicine is no respecter of persons, then it's not a matter of if God is willing or not to heal anyone but whether or not the individual will receive their healing by taking the medicine that God has prescribed. You see, um, not, taking, not feeding on the word of God for your healing would be like a person going to the doctor, paying the doctor's bill, getting the prescription, setting it on their counter and saying, if I'm supposed to be healed, I'll be healed, and never taking the medicine. And if they got sicker, they would say, well, it must not have been you know, God's will for me to be healed. Would that be the case? No, but people do that all the time. They read in the word of God where healing is a truth and they say, well, then if God wants me healed, he'll have me healed. But you don't take the prescription. It doesn't make sense, does it? So it's not a matter of if God is willing or not to heal, but whether or not the individual will take the medicine that God has prescribed, okay? Now, third and most importantly, medicine must be taken according to the directions to be effective. And we don't have to turn there, but Joshua 1.8, it says that if, you know, that we're to meditate uh, in the word of God day and night and not let it depart from out of our mouth. So, so God's word is to be taken internally then, isn't it? Okay. Um, and so day and night, that's how we're supposed to be taking God's word. Um, so medicine must be taken according to the directions to be effective. If you have a two-week prescription and you take it faithfully for two days and you skip a day 
and you take it again and you skip two days, you take it again. That's not going to help you because you're supposed to be building up that, that, that medicine in your body so that it can fight off the sickness or the, the disease, right? You have to take it consistently, okay? Um, some medicine labels read, take internally. Others say, take externally, you know, or before meals or after meals um, or an hour before you eat. It might say three times a day, etc. To take it once in a while when the directions say three times a day will mean limited results, if any. So no matter how good the medicine is, it must be taken according to the directions or it will not work for us like it's supposed to, right? So really, this is more into our hands than it is God's, isn't it? We just kind of put the whole results of our body over into God's hands when he's given us the prescription as our great physician on how to walk in divine health. But we still want to say, well, yeah, I see it in the Bible. If he wants me to have it, he'll give it to me. No, he just gave you the medicine. He's not going to shoot it down your throat with a, with a horse straw, you know? <laughs> the directions for taking God's medicine are found in what we just read, Proverbs 4, verse 20. Um, Attend to his words, incline your ear to them, don't let them depart from before your eyes, and keep them in the midst of your heart. Um, this is what we got to do. Attend to his words. That means we need to show up where his words being preached, where his words being taught. We need to show up in our daily devotion time in the morning, in the afternoon, or in the evening, whenever is best for you, you know, but you need to have a daily devotion time with you and the Lord in the scriptures and in prayer. Incline your ear to them. Don't just read it out of religious duty and not get anything out of it. Say, Holy Spirit, you're the author of this book. Show me what you were saying in this passage that I'm reading today. Talk to me today. And trust that he is. Even if you're done reading and you didn't feel like you understood anything or got anything out of it, you, you took the medicine. I don't have to believe in the medicine's ability to help me and understand all the, the, the scientific stuff that went behind making that medicine. I just take the medicine. That's the, all the faith I need for the medicine to work is to take it. And, and you consistently taking the word of God internally is proof that you believe in its ability to help you. Or you wouldn't be taking it. Okay, so sometimes we kind of got tripped up thinking that we have to understand all the ins and outs and have natural head knowledge confidence in this medicine when I never have to understand everything. I'm, not, I'm never going to understand everything going on in God's brain. Are you? But he makes it and I take it and I get the benefits. Yeah. Amen. Now it's neat and fun as you grow in the Lord and he starts showing you some things, but you were getting your healing before you knew it just like you are now after. Like a child, um, you know, when you give them their medicine, they don't say, what is this? You know what I mean? I needed to with Kathy. One time I I had the flu and it was kind of too late for me to ask her to minister for me, which she's always willing and she would have, but I just didn't feel right about having her minister. And, um, you know, and I was just like getting up out of bed. I was like, in the name of Jesus, you know, and I'm just like, oh, and Kathy says, here, take these. And I just, you know, I, t- I took those and man, I mean, I got high or something, man. It was like, I don't know what, the, I still don't know what that stuff was. It was Sudafed. You were here and it dragged you out. Oh man, I was up preaching and the room was spinning and <laughs> I still don't know what I said, you know. But I had faith in my wife's ability to help me. (laughs) 
And I went home and I just fell over on that bed. I mean, I was done. But anyways. Uh, I said take two every four to six hours and I gave you six. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot what it was. Did y'all hear that? It says take two every four to six hours and she saw six and gave me six. <laughs> Uh, I mean, everything was going doosh, doosh, doosh. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I woke up, Katie, you know, the other night when Kathy was gone. And, and I mean, it was more for my, my benefit than when it was hers because she was waking me up like when she'd call. Like, you know, I go and it was just like, <coughs> you know, and so I'm just like, oh, I got to help this girl. So I got up and found I found that that. Uh, that Robitussin, and I just said, I said, hey, baby, wake up. Here's some. Drink this. And she just went. <laughs> and she was done. And she didn't cough no more. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I didn't even have to put any oil on her toe. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, God's medicine must be taken internally. Um, power, the power of God is ministered first to your spirit, then it's distributed to your body, okay? Um, ooh, ooh, ooh. Go to Mark chapter 5. Ooh, man, it's good. I, I've, been wanting to, I've been wanting to talk about this for like a couple months now, and it just came up, so I ain't going to let it pass. All right. Just quick, just brief, but I want you to see something. This is something for you to chew on, all right? You ready? Yeah. You thought you saw everything in Mark chapter 5. I did too, but then I always get taught something else. All right. um, Okay. This is the woman with the issue of blood. Verse 27, when she heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind and touched his garment, right? For she said, if I touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. Now she had been hearing that people had been touching Jesus and getting healed. And she knew Jesus was no respecter of persons. She said, well, if they can touch him and get healed, I can touch him and get healed. So faith for her came when she heard about Jesus. But just hearing about Jesus, believing about Jesus, didn't get her healed. She had to act on the word that she heard, or she had to take the medicine that was being prescribed to her. She was good at taking medicine, because the Bible says she had suffered from many physicians for 12 years and didn't get any better, but just kept getting worse. You know, they were practicing all kinds of new stuff on her, and, and she got worse because they were trying out new things on her because she was a hopeless case. She had already spent all that she had, so evidently she got to the point where they just said, look, we don't know if it's going to help you, but we won't charge you if you let us do it to you. <laughs> this, she was in a pitiful state. She was doing everything the doctor said, and then she heard of Jesus, the great physician, that he's healing people. She said, I'm going to do what he said. Amen. She didn't just sit back and say, well, if he wants me healed, he'll heal me. She didn't do that with the doctors. Amen. Now, She said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. Now look at verse 29. And straightway the fountain of her blood dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. What came first, the healing or the feeling? What does it say? Straightway, what? The fountain of her blood was dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed. The feeling came after the healing. You got to take things by faith. You got to say, Father, I thank you 
The fountain of my blood is dried up in Jesus' name, and you feel just as sick as you did before you said it. Straightway, say straightway. The Word of God does not dilly-dally. The Word of God does not just drag its feet. Straightway, the fountain of her blood was dried up. Her issue, her illness that she suffered, her disease that she suffered from, straightway, the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. So a lot of times we want to wait till we feel the healing before we say we're healed. But we see here that the healing actually took place before the feeling. Amen. Amen? And so that's just like God's word. You, you just have to say, the word of God is working mightily in me. The anointing of God is working in my body right now, affecting a healing and a cure. If you know what area of your body is needing healing, you name that area of body. You say, the healing power of God is working in my left elbow right now, affecting the healing and a cure. You know, the healing power of God is, 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 is uh, working in my lower back right now, affecting the healing and a cure. And then if you're not really too sure just what's wrong with you, something's wrong with you, don't know just what, you just say the healing power of God is working in me from the top of my head to the soles of my feet, affecting a healing and a cure therein in Jesus' name. And you ain't felt nothing, have you? But you keep taking that medicine and you will feel that you were healed of that plague. Amen. So what came first now? The healing or the feeling? The healing. The healing. All right. Instead of wondering whether you have enough faith to be healed or not, just take the medicine. People say, I don't know if I have enough faith. Just take the medicine. But I don't know if I... Take the medicine. (laughs) Right? I might have to pray. Take the medicine. I might have to fast. Take the medicine. Just take the medicine. (laughs) If you fasted, all you would get from God was, take the medicine. The medicine itself will work if you will get it on the inside of you and keep it there. Okay, here's number four. We have to remember that it takes time for medicine to work. We've covered these things, but we have to remember that it takes time for medicine to work. Most people give natural medicine a lot of time, patience, and money to work. Um, They take the prescriptions back for more refills and more refills doing exactly what the doctor prescribed to them. So we have to keep taking God's medicine and give it time to work. Amen? And we will receive our healing from whatever physical issue we have in our bodies, just like the woman did with the issue of blood. Amen? Praise God. Now, what we're going to do now is uh, you can't really just teach on, on healing and not minister to the sick. So at this time, I'm just going to um, have an altar call for those that are sick in your body. You've got pains in your body, maybe due to illness or to an accident.